Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is part of a series we call Poets' Corner, an appendage to a series of books written under the banner In Defense of Christianity. This segment is from Edmund Spencer's The Fairy Queen, Book 1, Canto 9, Part 5, Episode 27. Podcast 167 is entitled, Conscience. In last week's episode, Una and the Red Cross Knight meet Sir Trevison, with a rope around his neck fleeing from despair. Sir Trevison had just witnessed his companion, Sir Turwin, who after being persuaded by despair to take his own life, killed himself using the rusty knife provided by despair. Sir Trevison himself was also persuaded that life was not worth living, and in fear fled from despair. When Sir Trevison tells the Red Cross Knight and Una of his sad tale, the Red Cross Knight is enraged, and immediately vows to meet despair and challenge him. It was a dreadful mistake, because the oily-tongued despair convinces the Red Cross Knight that considering his fall from knighthood, his own life was not worth living. Spencer, a very astute observer of human nature, presents the crafty arguments used by despair. The Red Cross Knight is astonished at the surprising wit of despair. The Red Cross Knight argues that our death is appointed by God. We may neither shorten nor lengthen life. We must be ever vigilant and not leave our life until God bid. Despair responds that life is limited by Almighty Doom, who knows best the terms established. As sentinels of our life, We have license to die when we know our appointed time is finished. The knight much wondered at his sudden wit and said, The term of life is limited. Nee, may a man prolong nor shorten it. The soldier may not move from watchful steed nor leave his stand until his captain bed. Who life did limit by almighty doom, quoth he, knoweth best the terms established, and he, that points the sentinel his room, doth license him, departure at sound of morning droom. Despair continues his argument. Aren't we all written in the eternal book of fate, and our death has a certain date? Who then can fight the will to die, or shun death ordained by destiny? Who can fight against God's will? When our time to die is come, none should ask where or why. In other words, we shouldn't fight against the desire to take our own life. Is not his deed, whatever thing is done in heaven and earth, did not he all create to die again? All ends that was begun, their times in his eternal book of fate are written sure and have their certain date. Who then can strive with strong necessity that holds the world in his small changing state? or shun the death ordained by destiny. When hour of death is come, let none ask whence or why. You can see how subtle despair has turned the will to live upside down. 
Arguing that we should give in to the will to die for it may be God's will or our appointed time. Despair continues his argument. The longer we live, the more we sin. The greater our sin, the greater will be our punishment. Despair argues that the shorter our life, the less we will sin, and thus the less we will be punished on Judgment Day. Before meeting despair, the Red Cross Knight felt that it was his duty to right all wrong, to kill the enemy. Despair tells the Red Cross Knight that all those great battles he boasts to win through strife, bloodshed and revenge, he should now repent, for life must pay for life, and blood must pay for blood, regardless of the noble cause. Despair asks the Red Cross Knight, hasn't he committed enough evil already? Hasn't he spilled enough blood? Once he has strayed from the straight and narrow path, the further he goes, the further he strays from God, suggesting, of course, that instant death is the best way to avoid greater sin. In other words, despair denies the right to repent. Keep in mind the subtlety of this argument. Despair, though personified, is actually echoing the thoughts of the Red Cross Knight himself. He thinks he is beyond repentance. When the Red Cross Knight first began his quest to serve Gloriana and deliver Una's parents from the dragon, he had perfect knowledge of right and wrong. He never doubted his mission. He could discern between good and evil, and he was always on the side of right. Now, however, that he had committed sin with Duessa, he doubts himself. He feels that he is beyond repentance, and that he has betrayed his knighthood, and is no longer worthy of his mission. Despair feeds that doubt. This episode is a violent attack of conscience. Spencer brilliantly distinguishes between the subtlety of Satan manipulating one's conscience, making one feel worthless, as despair is doing here, and trying to persuade the Red Cross Knight to take his own life, as compared to true repentance prompted by the Holy Ghost, which leads one to true repentance, where the atonement of Christ can wash away our sins. Despair says you cannot repent that the only way out is suicide. That is how Satan manipulates conscience. Spencer is addressing one of the great paradoxes of Christianity, conscience. To Spencer, conscience is not inherently right. Conscience can be used both by God and by Satan. Here, conscience is being used by Satan to convince the Red Cross Knight that he is worthless, that he cannot repent, and that suicide is the only way out. Also note how Despair tailors his argument to the person. Despair convinced Sir Turwin to commit suicide because the one he loved spurned him. Despair convinces the Red Cross Knight that he should commit suicide because his sins are beyond the atoning blood of Christ. To Spencer, conscience must be educated, and the only way to educate conscience is to seek truth. Despair wins this argument through lies and thus manipulates conscience. Una, remember, symbolizes truth. Therefore, only Una can save the Red Cross Knight from despair. The longer life I wot, the greater sin. The greater sin, the greater punishment. All those great battles which thou boast to win, through strife and bloodshed and avengement, now prayed hereafter, dear, thou shalt repent. For life must life, and blood must blood repay. Is not enough thy evil, thy forespent? For he that once hath missed the right way, the further he doth go, the further he doth stray. Despair, seeing the Red Cross Knight's weakness, continues. He argues that the Red Cross Knight should not go any further astray, but he should lie down now and take his rest. 
It is better to die than to go on living in sin. Besides, argues despair. What does life now have to offer him but fear, sickness, age, loss, labor, sorrow, strife, pain, hunger, cold, and heartache? Then do no further go, no further stray, but here lie down and to thy rest betake. The ill to prevent and life ensuing may, for what hath life that may it loved make, and gives not rather cause it to forsake? Fear, sickness, age, loss, labor, sorrow, strife, pain, hunger, cold, that makes the heart to quake, and ever fickle fortune raged rife, all which, and thousands more do make a loathsome life. Notice that the Red Cross Knight no longer tries to defend himself. He has succumbed to despair's argument. Despair continues his argument unabated. You wretched man, he said. You need death. If you weigh everything in true balance, there has never been a night more luckless. He was reminded that he was thrown in a dungeon where he often wished for death, and though luck saved him, death will prevent further mishaps. Thou wretched man of death hath greatest need, if in true balance thou wilt weigh thy state, for never night that dared warlike deed more luckless disadventures did a mate. Witness the dungeon deep, wherein of late thy life shut up, for death so oft did call. And though good luck prolonged hath thy date, yet death then would like the mishaps forestall into the which hereafter thou mayest happen fall. Despair argues, Why do you, O man of sin, desire to expand your life? Aren't the wages of sin death? Why heap up sin against the day of judgment, where they will be a burden? Isn't it enough that you have been false to Una, and sold yourself to Duessa, with whom you burned in lust? Why then dost thou, O man of sin, desire to draw thy days forth to their last degree? Is not the measure of thy sinful hire, high heaped up with huge iniquity, against the day of wrath, to burden thee? Is not enough that to this lady mild thou falsed hast thy faith with perjury and sold thyself to serve Duessa viled, with whom in all abuse thou hast thyself defiled? Like the rusty knife that kills her Turwin, despair applies a different dagger to the Red Cross Knight's heart. He again attacks his conscience. He says that God in the highest heaven knows all of his sins and his guilt. He reminds him that the law demands to let every sinner die. All flesh shall die anyway. It is better to die willingly than linger till the sands in the glass run their course. Death, end of woes, die soon, O fairy son. Is not he just that all this doth behold from highest heaven and bears an equal eye? Shall he thy sins up in his knowledge fold and guilty be of thine impiety? Is not his law, let every sinner die? Die shall all flesh, what then must needs be done? Is it not better to do willingly than linger, till the glass be all outrun? Death is the end of woes. Die soon, O fairy son. The Red Cross Knight is moved by the speech of despair. It was like a sword piercing his heart and breaching his conscience. He knew what despair said was true. 
His sins were fresh on his mind, and he was harrowed up by the ugly view of his deformed crimes. All of his powers left him as if he were under a spell so much so that he often trembles and even fainted. It was like the waters of the enchanted spring that had drained him of his powers, causing him to lose the battle with the giant Orgoglio. The knight was much immoved with his speech, that as a sword's point through his heart did pierce, and in his conscience made a secret breach, well knowing true all that he did rehearse, and in his fresh remembrance did reverse the ugly view of his deformed crimes, that all his manly powers it did disperse, as he were charmed with enchanted rhymes that oft-times his quaked and fainted oft-times. Despair perceived that the Red Cross Knight began to waver. The Red Cross Knight grew weak and frail and trembled in horror under his burning conscience. Hellish anguish assailed his soul and drove him to despair. His sins were branded on the tablets of his heart like devils in torment or a thousand fiends in endless pain with fire and brimstone which burned forever. Spencer is showing that it is Satan, not God, that is threatening the Red Cross Knight with eternal torment, causing him to give up in despair. Satan wants the Red Cross Knight to forfeit his life, forfeit his sacred mission, and give over to despair. In which amazement, when the miscreant perceived him to waver weak and frail, whilst trembling horror did his conscience stand, and hellish anguish did his soul assail, to drive him to despair, and quite to quell. He showed him painted in a table plain the damned ghosts that doe in torments well, and thousand fiends that doe them endless pain with fire and brimstone, which forever shall remain. The Red Cross Knight could not discern that it was the devil and not God that wanted to punish him. He was so thoroughly dismayed that all he saw was death and the ever-burning wrath before him. He even convinced himself that it was the righteous sentence of the laws of Almighty God that condemned him. He was convinced that he should take his life and contemplated whether to use sword, rope, poison, fire, or any other device that would send him to perdition. He was prompted to select the weapon that would bring about his death because he deserved to die for provoking God to be so angry. Of course, in his despair, the Red Cross Knight cannot see that it is Satan and his own despair that causes such devilish thoughts. Despair has blinded him to the mercy of Christ. Before his fall, he always called upon Christ to lead him into battle. Here, he doesn't recognize that when he needs Christ the most, he fails to call upon him for mercy. The sight whereof so thoroughly him dismayed that naught but death before his eyes he saw, and ever-burning wrath before him laid by righteous sentence of the Almighty's law. Then gan the villain him to overcraw, and brought unto him swords, ropes, poison, fire, and all that might him to perdition draw, and bade him choose what death he would desire, for death was due to him that had provoked God's ire. Despair seizes the moment. When the Red Cross Knight doesn't choose the weapon, Despair puts a sharp dagger in his quaking hand, which trembles like the leaf of a quaking aspen. With pale face, he resolved to take his own life. But when, as none of them he saw him take, he to him wrought a dagger sharp and keen, and gave it him in hand, his hand did quake and tremble like a leaf 
of aspen green. And trouble blowed through his pale face was seen to come and go with tidings from the heart, as it a running messenger had been. At last resolved to work his final smart, he lifted up his hand that back again did start. When Una sees what is about to happen, she is horrified. She flies into action. She snatches the knife out of the Red Cross Knight's hand and enraged throws it to the ground. She chastises the Red Cross Knight, calling him faint-hearted. She chides him. Is this the battle you chose to fight with that firemouth dragon? The dragon image, of course, alludes to her own parents, who were held captive by the dragon. It also alludes to Satan, who is often compared to a dragon. She knows that it is Satan, not God, that put thoughts of suicide in his mind. Which, when Azuna saw, through every vein the crudled cold ran to her well of life as in a swoon, but soon relieved again, out of his hand she snatched the cursed knife and threw it to the ground, enraged rife, and to him said, Fie, fie, faint-hearted knight, what meanest thou by this reproachful strife? Is this the battle which thou vauntest to fight with the fire-mouthed dragon, horrible and bright? Again, Una represents truth. She discerns between guilt brought on by shame and despair and guilt that leads to true repentance. In this life, the purpose of guilt is to lead us to Christ, not to lead us away from Christ. Spencer does a brilliant job in distinguishing between despair and true conscience. Una orders the Red Cross Knight to leave despair and not listen to vain words. It is heavenly mercies he must seek. Why would he let despair replace the mercy of God? Justice brings greater grace, not greater punishment. Arise, she commands, and leave this cursed place. Come, come away, frail, seely, fleshy white. Ne let vain words bewitch thy manly heart, ne devilish thoughts dismay thy constant sprite. In heavenly mercies hast thou not a part? Why shouldst thou then despair that chosen art, where justice grows, there grows eke greater grace? The which doth quench the broad of hellish smart, and that accursed handwriting doth deface. Arise, sir knight, arise and leave this cursed place. The Red Cross Knight comes out of his despair and obeys the voice of truth. Despair, seeing that he cannot convince the knight to commit suicide, hangs himself with his own rope. However, the curse was that despair had so attempted to take his life a thousand times before, but he could not die until he should at last die eternally. So up he rose and thence amounted straight which when the carl beheld and saw his guest would safety part for all his subtle slights, he chose an halter from among the rest, and with it hung himself, unbid, unblessed. But death he could not work himself thereby, for a thousand times he so himself had dressed, yet nonetheless it would not do him die till he should die his last. That is, eternally. Spencer is alluding to the fact that the day will come when there shall be no despair. As John records, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. 
Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.